It's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston, and welcome to another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm, of course, your host, Brian Beatty. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Um, I want to talk today about how we can save some money, how we can save money in a real estate transaction. And I think that people typically think of money as saving money, especially when selling a house in the form of either cutting a commission or, or just negotiating the deal between the buyer. But there are a ton of different ways to save money in your real estate transaction. So I want to focus on, if you're going to sell your house, all the different ways you can save some money. We're going to talk about some common projects that you can do around the house. There's actually a report that comes out once a year from Remodeling Magazine called the Cost Versus Value Report. And so I'm going to go through some of the different projects you can do around the house, the associated cost of those projects, and then the return on investment on those projects. Um, and then I'm gonna talk, we'll talk about a few other things as the hour goes by. But, you know, as always, if at any point in time you guys, you know, hear something that you'd like some more information on, if you'd like to have a conversation with me off air, of course, we sell real estate at a high level. We've been doing this for 17 years here locally, sold about a billion dollars worth of real estate, about 1,300 transactions. So uh, we'd love to earn your business. If you're thinking of buying, selling, investing, or you have a property to manage, or maybe even want to get into the business, and you can reach me, you can call or text. 843-800-0065, 843-800-0065, or you can check us out online. Our website is listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. A lot of great information on there. You can find out how much your home is worth, find out how many buyers we have in our database for your house. It's a pretty cool feature we have. Of course, you can check us out on YouTube and Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all that great stuff for podcasts or videos. Just a ton of information out there designed to help you become more informed with the process and with the market so that when it comes time for you to you know, buy or sell a home, you're prepared. You're an informed consumer. So that being said, let's, uh, let's get into this. So First of all, I'll just, I'm going to tell you a bit of a story. So I walked through a house and at, I like kind of telling stories of things that happened a few months prior, just so it's not quite so fresh. But um, I walked through someone's house. They called me over. They were uh, interviewing real estate agents. And so we walked through the house. You know, we kind of do the typical thing. We take a tour of the home. We sit down. We have a conversation about working together, how much their home is worth, what the plan's going to be to ultimately sell their home for the most money possible. And as we're sitting down and as we're talking, you know, the house is, it's in fantastic condition and move-in ready condition. And so I asked the seller, you know, what all they did to prepare their home for sale. And they were very prepared. They actually had an itemized list ready for me of the things that they did, when they did it, how much money they spent, so on and so forth. And so I start looking at this list and, uh, you know, just in, internally, I'm thinking to myself, oh, if only you had called me sooner. This is one of the ways that we save money when selling real estate. We as real estate agents are so much more than just the facilitator of a transaction. We have this whole ecosystem built around us with other professionals, other service professionals, providers that 
do all kinds of things for us. Inspectors, lenders, attorneys, appraisers, contractors, you name it. You know, agents that have been in the market for a while should should have all of these contacts. And they should be reputable. They should be reliable. They should be cost effective. And not every contractor or every party that we work with is the cost leader. You know, in other words, not every contractor or handyman you hire should be the lowest cost because in many instances, just like in real estate, you get what you pay for the vast majority of the time. So I'm looking through this list of repairs that they made and right off the bat, I could have saved these folks somewhere between five and $6,000 was my estimation just because, you know, look, we sell a lot of real estate. I invest in a lot of real estate. I flip homes. I know how much things cost. And when you go out on your own and you hire a bunch of different professionals to do the work, if you're not interviewing multiple contractors, if you're not getting multiple bids, if you've not worked with them in the past or check their referrals, references, so on and so forth, then, you know, there's, there's some luck involved and you're leaving a lot of it to chance. And we all have heard or have likely experienced a, a, a experience gone bad with a contractor. Now, there's plenty of great contractors out there, but there are plenty of contractors that take way longer than they're supposed to take, cost way more than they're supposed to cost, and it becomes a real headache for you. And so I'm looking through this list, and right off the bat, I could have saved them you know, probably five, $6,000 just in prepping their home for sale. Now, that's based on what they actually spent. So that's key number one, is tap into the real estate agent that has the contacts so that you're working with someone reliable and someone cost-effective. So in, in terms of prepping the home for sale, there are all these things that we can spend money on. We need to make sure that we're hiring the right folks for that. But they also did some things that, in my opinion, they didn't need to do. You know, They were in a very hot section of this market. And this is where every situation is a little different, right? Some sellers really should take the steps, if they can afford to do so, to prepare their home for sale and present it in its best light to the potential buyers that are going to view it. Some sellers obviously don't have the luxury of making those repairs, cash is tight, whatever the reason might be. But we can at least get quotes. We can at least understand how much those things would cost because when we go under contract with a buyer, they're going to get a home inspection. And what many buyers in this market still will do, because it's still a competitive market, is they'll make you a really nice offer. And then they're going to do everything they can to beat you up after the fact to try and recoup uh, and, and try and gain a little ground, right? So they're going to have their contractors come out. They're going to assess the work. They're going to come up with their own quote. And if you haven't taken that step, if you have nothing to compare the buyer contractor's quote to, then you're somewhat beholden to that quote. And if you don't have actual knowledge or, or something real to compare that to, then that's where you can, quite frankly lose some steam on the transaction. So even if you don't have the money to make the repairs, my, my second suggestion for you is to make sure that you at least gather quotes from your reputable contractor to understand how much these things are going to cost. And, and we'll get into that in just a little bit uh, later on. But So step one, make sure that you're calling the real estate agent before you start doing a bunch of repairs or renovations to your house. And yes, there's a difference, of course, between the two repairs and renovations. So tap into that agent's resources. Make sure that you're working with somebody that's cost effective, that's reliable, that's going to get your job done in a timely manner. 
and, and in doing so, you can save thousands of dollars. The second step, again, is, is determining what to do versus what not to do. We want to make sure that if we're doing something to the house, that it's either going to cause it to sell for more money or cause it to sell faster, which could theoretically cause it to sell for more money. Because remember, when you're selling a house, it's all about creating a sense of urgency. It's all about creating this fear of loss, right? When a buyer walks through the house, you really want them to feel and believe that if they don't do something, if they don't very seriously consider making an offer or make an offer, then someone else will. So creating that fear of loss through really effective marketing and by having the condition of your home uh, you know, cause them to feel as though, hey, you know, we really don't have to do much here. Anything that we might do is just going to be cosmetic in nature or personal preference related. Those are the kinds of things that cause homes to sell quickly and for more money. But again, determining what to do versus what not to do is important. I think you also need to have a conversation with your agent about who's going to pay for what. You know, the, the, and the thing that comes to mind there is staging. Traditional staging can work in some instances. I think in other instances, traditional staging is not necessary. Again, we have to analyze the market that your specific home is within. The location, the price range, how active buyers are within it. Uh, and that's going to help us determine our game plan moving forward. But so much can be done through virtual staging. And if you've not seen this, it's really it's it's pretty amazing what they can do now. You can take a vacant house and you can fully furnish it virtually and you cannot tell the difference. It's incredibly hard to tell the difference between something that's virtually staged and something that's actually staged when you take photos. And I think the idea behind staging is to give the buyer an idea of how you can utilize that space, right? Which can be done virtually. Now, of course, when you're walking through the house, it's still going to be a vacant house, but they can at least go off the photos and get some ideas, right? Not every buyer out there has the ability to picture what their home is going to look like when it's furnished, right? Some, some folks struggle with that vision and that's okay, but virtual staging can take its place. And for folks that hire us to sell their house, we will virtually stage their home it's a, if it's a vacant home. It's significantly less effective than real staging. And does it have the same effect as you're walking through it as, as opposed to actually staging something? No, not necessarily, but again, if we're in a market like we're in right now, where we know that home, if it's priced well, if it's marketed well, and it's presented properly, it will sell quickly. That's a great way for you to save some money because you're not going to pay for anything. I mean, ideally, your agent's going to be the one that pays for the virtual staging. I mean, I certainly do. Uh, another thing that can really help you save money in the process of selling your home is determining the correct asking price. You shoot too high, you turn people off. Sellers obviously have the fear of shooting too low and leaving money on the table. But in many instances, even in this market now, which I think has surprised a lot of us this year with how hot it continues to be, the market is going to bid your property up. There are still a significant amount of buyers out there that are looking for inventory so that when something hits the market, I mean, our listings are getting swarmed. Anytime we put something on the market, it is like a feeding frenzy. And it's because we still locally are dealing with very low inventory. In fact, our inventory in most instances, although it, it of course changes on a daily basis, but our inventory is continuing to go down. We were hopeful 
that we would have more options as we were going into the summer. That's really not turning out to be the case. So you've got these, you've got basically two groups of people that are going to look at your house when you initially list it for sale. You're going to have group number one that are active, ready, willing, and able buyers. You know, when something hits the market, they want to come and see it. They want to make a decision on whether they want to buy it or not. The second group of people are the people that just enter the market every day, right? Something has changed in their lives and now they're ready to buy a house. Well, usually within the first three to four weeks, you kind of exhaust that first group of buyers, right? They see it online. They decide to come and see it in person or not. They decide to make an offer or not. So usually three, four weeks is about the amount of time that we find that buyers in that first category make their decision on whether they want to move forward with your house or not. After that, you're left with the second group of buyers, which are just new buyers that enter the market every day, which is why traditionally speaking, the first 30 days of listing that property are the most critical. It's because when there's, that's when the most buyers are looking at it. So we have to have a really effective pricing strategy. And when I work with folks, we look at things like the average number of showings that we're supposed to receive within that first 30 day period. That's a really good benchmark for us to determine whether we've kind of hit that price, you know, hit the nail on the head or not. If we miss the mark, if we're getting significantly less traffic than what we should be getting, than what other listings are getting that are in your same area and price range, well, then we know we should probably make an adjustment. But that initial pricing strategy, I think, is critical and something that you and your agent really need to think clearly about because we're still in the market. And I know I've talked about this a lot on this show, but we're still in the market where agents are likely to tell you what you want to hear in order to get your listing because they are so scarce. They're afraid, and this is me just being honest, but they're afraid that if they tell you the truth about what your home is actually going to sell for, that you're not going to want to put it on the market. And now they've lost an opportunity to have a listing. And you have to understand that from a real estate agent's perspective, having a listing is key. It's gold. Because regardless of whether that home sells or not, they can still use that listing to leverage it for other business. They're still getting buyers that are calling them. Maybe they're spreading the word about the listing if they're doing a really good job and they find other people that also want to sell. So having an inventory of things to sell creates more inventory for real estate agents. You don't want to be the person that's using or that's having your home be used as a lead generation machine for a real estate agent rather than being a listing that the sole purpose is to sell the house. So something to take into consideration, which is why I always say that when you're having a conversation with an agent about the value of your home, they need to show you their work. They need to prove to you how they arrived at that value. I mean, you should be sitting shoulder to shoulder looking at the data and having them explain to you why they made the adjustments that they made to arrive at the value that they believe will cause your home to sell. If they walk in with a pre-printed CMA and and say, look, the average price per square foot in your neighborhood is X and you're a little above average. So I think we can ask this. I mean, it's, it's a very lazy way of approaching a valuation to real estate. So something to be careful of. Um, there are a few other ways that we can save some money in a real estate transaction. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up that conversation. And then I want to show you, I'm going to tell you rather, um, some projects around the house, the average cost associated with them, and then how much money you recoup when you go to sell your house. So stick around. This is the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Remember, if you want to reach out to me, you want to have a conversation about 
selling your home, buying a home, investing in real estate, managing your rental properties, or maybe even getting into the business. My number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or go to listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Have a real estate question? Ask Brian Beatty. Send him an email, lowcountryhomesales at gmail.com. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show is on 1250 WTMA.